Hello, my friends. Welcome to The Gun Show. Typically, as you guys know, we talk about bringing artificial intelligence to life, um, the misfits behind the cold, cold machines of programming. Uh, today, we have something a little different, and I am incredibly excited to share this with you. This is The Gun Show. I am with Tracy, and this is the Joy Cheever journey. Uh, a piece of this is just how not to burn out or, you know, how to find a happy life-work balance. And there's a lot going on in this world right now that has either pushed us in the direction of finding more joy in our life or some people have, have kind of stagnated and, and found sadness and there is a happy balance. And I'm here with Tracy today because her mind is filled with inspiration. I, she's been talking to me for, for years now, and in every conversation, I'm inspired more and more each time. So Tracy, if you don't mind, just giving a little bit of background about who you are, where you come from, and what inspired you to write about this journey. Yeah, well, thanks, Tony. I'm glad to be here. Uh, my story is not different from lots of people's stories, where you know, you, you're born, your parents have expectations of you, those expectations become your own, you work really hard to be successful and strive to achieve and, and go into the work world and continue to try to climb that ladder, whatever that ladder is for you. And, and for me, that happened too, and, it, and at one point, it became just too much. And so I actually stepped away from the work world for a while and went down a self-exploration path I actually tattooed joy to my wrist to try to remind myself not to get so stressed out and found that there was a lot of learning to do and also realized that a lot of other people needed to do that learning as well. And so that was what inspired the Joy Achiever journey is I realized I really only have one life and I'm not as happy as I could be and maybe achieving isn't everything it's cracked up to be. That is very valued points right there. Was there a point in your life that you can think back to and said, this, this is my tipping point. This is, this is too much and I need to pay attention to what's going on, maybe mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it might be. Was there a point you're like, no, I'm done. This is too much. Yeah, absolutely. For me, that was in 2016. I was part of a small consulting business teaching lawyers how to sell in big law firms. Um, the work was great, the clients were great, but I was on the road 40 weeks a year, uh, often three cities a week, sometimes up to nine airplanes you know, in a week. Uh, my mind only focused on work. I had no time for friends. I was having heart palpitations, my hair was thinning, like all of the classic physical symptoms that one has when they're dealing with a lot of stress. I was showing 65% of them and that's when I said, I, this, is, this is insanity. I've got to stop and do something different. Well, your hair looks great, so. <laughs> Thank you. So it's obvious <laughs> that you've made the right changes. That's a lot of travel. It is a lot of travel. I mean, it's exciting and wonderful, and you travel too, so you understand, you know, you have amazing experiences that you could never imagine, but it got to be, I had 10 years of travel like that, and while I still like to travel, it's a little bit more under control. That's good, and wow, what a experience that must have been teaching lawyers how to sell and the environment that must have been for you uh good for you that's <laughs> thank you that's probably a challenge that 
Well, let's just say it's a challenge, I would say. And, sure. and I've never been in that environment, so I'm kind of speaking a little bit of, in the unknown. But in my imagination, I, I, I see, I know what a lawyer personality would be like. And then being in that environment, I could see where that would be fairly stressful. It can be. I mean, they're all smart human beings. So that's, for me, that's fun. Right. That's interesting. It's a challenge. Uh, but the, the good part for me is they were never taught. Mm -hmm. So, you know, lawyers are lawyers. That's their day job. And in law school and other places, they're not really taught how to sell or necessarily how to run a business. So I had that advantage coming in in that I had an experience and skill set that they needed and still do. I still do that as well. Uh, so I was able to come in and offer them a resource and, and help them find a way to, with something that they really struggled with. So let's talk about joy, mm -hmm. just joy in general. It's tattooed on you. It's the main word I would say in your book, although Cheever added on to it as creative. I like that. <laughs> so joy in general, do you have any advice on how to maybe find it? And if you do find it, how to stay, maintain that level? Because life is often a roller coaster and we do right. get constant challenges on a regular basis. How do we find joy during maybe a time of struggle? Yeah, well, and Joy Cheever came from the notion of, I don't want to stop people from achieving. I myself, I'm incredibly driven. Uh, I have two businesses right now, et cetera. I, I want joy and achievement to happen simultaneously. And that's really the goal and, and, and why it's Joy Cheevers. I want to help people transform from being achievers or overachievers to Joy Cheevers. And your point is exactly spot on. It is a journey. You know, life is a roller coaster. There's so many other metaphors that we could use. And so it's not like, you know, you read the book and suddenly you're joyful or, or you make one decision and your life changes and suddenly you're joyful. Joy is the, the accumulation of minute decisions that we make every day. And what I've learned coming from someone, like I felt I was pretty self-aware already anyhow, but on my path, I realized I was only at the top of the iceberg. And I think a lot of people are even less self-aware than I was starting this journey. And so that's what I've realized is that most folks don't really spend enough time getting to know themselves in a robust way or in a holistic way. And there's lots of books and articles and areas and categories in self-help, but they tend to be you know, singularly focused. And so I wanted to look at all of the aspects or at least more of the aspects of someone's life to give them a roadmap to figure out themselves, number one, and number two, to give them the encouragement that it's okay to choose for joy in addition to sacrificing for achievement. To me, that's a great point. Um, we hear so often, if you're at the end of your rope, you know, quit your job, find something new, um, find that joy you've been searching for, go on a trip, you know, backpack, whatever, you know, whatever it might be. And those, to be fair, can be life-changing. Yeah. But to have the balance, as you were talking about, to be able to achieve, but also have joy in that achievement and what we do, I think that's, that's very important. Do you have any advice on how we can be there, get there? How do, we, how do we achieve and find joy simultaneously when sometimes they're so opposite in the structure of how they're built? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it's funny that you say leave work. I mean, in 2016, I left a business of which I was part and owner. I don't want people to be, to get to that place. I don't want them to feel like they have to do that. And so what I've designed is I've created what I call our true self stops. So if we're on this journey, they're the layovers. 
and there's seven of them. And it's those places where we can do the deep dive exploration. So for example, the very first one is Perceptions Vista. And I've named them all for locations. So Perceptions Vista, Strengths Mountain, Values Village. Um, but with Perceptions Vista as an example, the, your, your body takes in 40 million pieces of information every second. 40 million. But your brain can only process 11 million. So every second, our brain is making choices of which to even consume. And that's driven by our beliefs, our value systems, our experiences, what we're attuned to. And it's kind of like the glass half full kind of thing. So if you're only paying attention to the negative bits, it's going to be hard to have joy. And our bodies are wired, our brains are wired towards negativity because when we were Neanderthals in the tundra, we had to survive, you know, and be always be on a constant lookout for danger and threat. So that's what we pay attention to. So we have a negativity bias naturally. So in the joy achiever journey, it's retraining our brains, almost like taking it to the gym, to refocus the 11 million to have more of a positive aspect. And so it's literally in engaging in activities that change which parts of your brain get activated. So when we're under threat, the amygdala is activated, which is the flight or fight. You know, cortisol, adrenaline get pumped through our bodies. Stress is all about cortisol and adrenaline. And our bodies aren't made to withstand that for a long time. We can for short periods, that's how we survive, but not for a long time. And so instead, we want to engage the prefrontal cortex and, um, and release dopamine, endorphins, serotonin. So tying that to things like mindfulness, you know, meditation is all about, about building the prefrontal cortex. You know, laughter, um, and, uh, kindness, gratitude. Like society talks about doing all of those things, but no one really quite tied it to how it changes your chemical stew, if you will, mm -hmm. in your brain. And and when you can retrain it towards doing those activities that focus it on the positive, our brain literally has the capability to rewire itself, and it's called neuroplasticity. You've explained something to me that I felt was true for a long time, I think, <laughs> in, in greater detail. Uh, would you correlate, because you mentioned stress mm -hmm. and that we can handle it, but over long amounts of time, it, it, I believe it come, becomes deteriorating. Yeah. So would you correlate a lot of illnesses with stress and just the stress is maybe residing in a stagnant way for too long of a period of time in our bodies that it's just reduced, you know, whatever it might be, red blood cells, white blood cells, overall health, that kind of thing. Whereas something like joy and gratitude would continue to grow our health and absolutely the, the natural well-being of, you know, not just our mental, but also our physical. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, and other things like sleep and exercise, et cetera. So it's, it's engaging in those activities that can calm down that flood of cortisol and adrenaline. Or, you know, I like to envision endorphins as like the Pac-Man that eats cortisol for lunch. Mm -hmm. And so exercise, as an example, it releases a lot of endorphins. And so that's what I envision. Even when I'm tired or even when I'm stressed, I still try to find 15 or 20 minutes to exercise because I know overall that's just going to help me get through the day and kind of rebalance you know, where I am and what I'm taking in as it relates to my view of the world. Right, that makes sense. And, and stagnicity, in my opinion, is not a good thing. And exercise is a great way to remove that stagnicity. Mm -hmm. um, you may agree, may not agree. I, I learned something I thought resonated with me 
was that a lot of people think that the opposite of love is hate. Mm. But I was taught one time that hate is actually just stagnated love and the opposite of love is will. So it just shows to Goya, I like saying it that way instead of the right way, <laughs> it shows to Goya that stagnicity can destroy even some of the most beautiful things. So it is excellent idea to get out there and exercise and move this energy around, right? Yeah, I, I could believe that. Yeah, for sure. And and I, I'm going to contradict your original point a little bit, but not on purpose because I 100% believe in and achieving and joy at the same time. Mm -hmm. But we spoke a few months ago and you were so inspiring to me and I appreciate that when I just decided to throw everything into storage and start backpacking Mexico with the family. Mm -hmm. And you reached out and you, you mentioned that you were proud of me for that kind of thing and making sure that, that joy was an important aspect of, of life. And I think what I learned um, from you and uh, from stories similar to this and then taking on my own journey was that we can do both. I believe that we can do both. Yeah. But if we cannot find the joy, then the achievement may not be there either. And so sometimes yes. we have to hit the reset button, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and if that works for you and you have the means to do that, then by all means, sure. I, mean, I, I took it off eight months. I loved it. I would never trade it for a thing. I just don't want folks to feel like they have to yeah. do that. Um, and and to be able to is is a gift in and of itself because we're all so busy working all the time. So I'm I'm agreeing with you completely. Yeah, that's wise wisdom. So much wisdom comes out of you. <laughs> we, we, we're going to turn the cameras off and we're going to talk for hours after this. Believe me, I'm going to stay all day. She's going to try and kick me out. I'm not I'm not going to leave. I'm just going to stay. Um, so. You've mentioned these these seven true self stop true self yeah uh -huh. you mentioned is you know mountains and valleys and, yeah. and water and that kind of thing, um, which is a really cool way to do it and I like that you created that for people to read. Is there for the audience that's listening today? Is there something simple like for me if, and and I'm not nearly as wise as you are. Trust me. Um, but when somebody says what do I do, the the go to for me is just gratitude. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have maybe an expansion on how someone could seek out the joy that they're looking for in their life? Well, I think, you know, if folks have never had this experience or maybe dabbled in self-exploration, I mean, the true self stops, I encourage folks to kind of go through them in order because it, it's a logical way to kind of start at the top and go towards the bottom. Because by the way, the, the very last one is called Me Moments Market. So even if we're aligned and clear around all the other seven areas, every week we still have to make choices to just focus on us, which may just be an extra five minutes in the shower some days, you know, or some weeks. But to proactively seek that, and if you have a partner that you live with, to help each other find those moments in time, because me moments or, or having a restful self is a gift to your partner as much as it is a gift <laughs> to you. <laughs> <laughs> because you're going to be calmer. So, Kaylee, Tony, you know, people have to find their own way with it. And if they haven't, they can go through all seven. If they have done this work, then open the book and pick one that sounds interesting. You know, if they haven't done strengths work before, then go down the strengths. There's Body Beach. You know, there's um, Relationships Harbor, in which I talk about friendships rather than love, because there's plenty of self-help books about finding love. But I found that 
you know, we aren't as strategic, if you will, in selecting our friendships, that they just kind of happen by who we work with or who's in our neighborhood or who we cross paths with. But yet, lots of folks have checklists of the right love partner, and we try out love partners, but yet we don't handle our friendships in the same way or think about strategically, like, what kinds of friendships are more joy-inducing as compared to joy-robbing? And also, am I a friend that induces joy in my friendships? You know, so it's, it's a two-way street here. So honestly, if someone picks up the book and something speaks to them, then go for it. And they'll figure out what way, what works for them. But it's a, it's a little bit here, it's kind of like a recipe. What, or how's that song go? You know, a dash of this and a dash of that. And you make your own formula for what makes joy. That's so fascinating about the friend thing, because you're right. It's typically who you're around. And as we become uh, parents, even, it becomes the friends of our kids, or the parents of our kids, right? Yeah. And then yeah. maybe there's nothing in common, and we sit in silence watching a football game we don't even care about, or something like that. You're so right. And there are massive amounts of checklists for my perfect partner. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Well, and we don't, we feel bad when a friendship comes to an end, and we don't actually often handle those ends of friendships well. You know, some folks will ghost people, which I think is kind of mean, or they just fade away, and that's fine, that's, that's okay, but there may be some situations where you're actually having a conflict with a friend and it's just a symptom that maybe the friendship isn't the best for either one of you. And so I wanna encourage folks to break up, you know, in a loving, caring, kind way. Mm -hmm. And I say this, and I'm still joy in progress on this. <laughs> you know, I've done it once, um, it's not like I'm doing it every day or encouraged to do it every day, but, but it was great because it provided closure for both of us. And that's why I call that particular true self-stop relationship harbor, because sometimes boats come in and stay, sometimes boats go out, not everybody's meant to be a BFF, and I want us to be more intentional and caring and loving and kind in the way that we form relationships and friendships in the way that maybe they, they end, and, and it's okay. That is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I'm gonna apply it to my life. <laughs> um, do you have any advice for reducing and or removing things like fear or anxiety? Any advice on, on those topics? Yeah, and I tread lightly in that because I'm, I'm not a trained psychologist. And sure. so, you know, anxiety can quickly go down the path of depression and things that aren't necessarily my, my skill set. Um, honestly, it keeps going back to self-awareness and intentionality. Mm -hmm. And also letting it be okay. So I, I'm not trying to say joy means you're happy all the time. Life is way too difficult and challenging for that. Maybe I'm just in denial, is that? <laughs> I know. Just kidding, of course. <laughs> well, because I have no doubt that some people who watch this and be like, ah, she's just trying to be Pollyanna. Right. Everything's rosy all the time. Like, absolutely not. And that's also why it's a journey. Once you go through the seven true self-stops and have clarity, it's not like we stay in that happy place forever. We may have to revisit those things. So I think if there's fear or anxiety, paying attention to what it is that is creating that, and then go back and revisit, you know, have my values changed? You know, what was once a most joyous strength, is it still as fun as I thought it would be? Because we evolve as human beings. I mean, things that I loved doing in my 20s professionally, I have no interest in doing now, none whatsoever. It doesn't mean they're bad things. I've just moved on to the next skill set that I want to explore and deploy. And so I think it's, it's embracing that fear 
and anxiety and looking for the root cause. And sometimes I think people get stuck on the symptoms rather than digging underneath to figure out what's really at the root of it. That's good advice. And again, not a licensed doctor, but still good advice, right? <laughs> and, and I'm not a licensed doctor either, but you know, I, I often, I don't have an awesome book like this, but I do often get asked, why are you so happy all the time? You know, and, and I've found that a lot of us easily find joy when things are good. And that's, that's easy, right? That's, right. That's, everyone can do that unless you just want to be mad, which some people do want to be mad. Right. That's, sometimes mad is their joy, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's, it's, we're all different. You know, there's 8 billion of us on this planet right mm -hmm. now. We're all built a little differently, and that's okay. Um, but on my own situation, the difficult times create the most long-term joy if the gratitude can be found during those difficult times I found in my life. Yeah. Well, and knowing you as long as we have, you you have a you have a positivity bias. Those eleven million bits, you're seeing the joy in those all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like you said, not saying your life is perfect or it's always happy, but you have a proclivity to notice those things first, which is why it's always been so joyful to be around you. Uh, thank you. What what was the original number of forty million? So it's forty million and eleven. 11. So more or less, we're absorbing twenty five percent. Mm -hmm. And let's say that's just because this is a little bit about engineering and math real quick. Let's assume that it's 50% of duality is good and 50% of duality is bad. And if we're absorbing 25%, we could literally, is literally the right word? We could absorb only what we want to absorb in good, bad, or a balance mm -hmm. based on 25% of a whole, yes, right? right. So if we're looking, have you seen that meme where one person's looking at the sunshine out of the train and the other person's looking at the rain in the yes. cloud? Yes, uh-huh. It's that, That's, right? It is exactly that. It is exactly that. I have, I have a picture that I use in some of my materials where it's the backside of a person who is, whose shirt is all wet from sweat looking at this beautiful mountain vista with a valley of flowers. And it's, and it's one person saying, look how hot it is. <laughs> Versus the look at the beautiful mountain and the flowers. Isn't you know? that the truth? Mm -hmm. Have you had the opportunity to see the movie Soul that Disney released recently? I have not. So I think this will engage a little bit here. Maybe you could offer some advice on that. There's there's one piece I'd like to take from that movie, and also if you get the chance, it's it's a it got some value to it. It's a kids movie. It was yeah. just released, but it's got some value. So in this movie, they show these um big boxy ghost dark looking things that just kind of mumble to themselves right and what they're trying to do is remove that darkness that cloud from this entity which ends up being a human like ourselves mm -hmm. and to me it was very obvious that we can get stuck in our own cloud of darkness that part was obvious but what was really neat about how some of the people got there was they showcased these really happy people playing piano or guitar or doing art or something else, you know, programming a machine or writing a book. But when you do that thing you love so much, it then becomes work, right? Mm. It then becomes heavy and, mm -hmm. and we don't find the joy in it as much as we used to. So I think some of what this is saying is that balance again, right? Yeah. Well, that and also context come to find out matters a lot. Mm -hmm. So, so using your strength, but 
in a context that provides more joy than another. Mm -hmm. So let me give you an example. I've always loved public speaking. I've always been good at it. When I was 12 years old, Mr. McFadden in seventh grade, you know, gave me an A plus on my first speech ever. Um, it was the inkling of something to come. And so I've always pursued jobs that enabled me to at least have some component standing up in front, standing up in front of people and teaching them something. When I started my own business in 2017 and was created my own content, had again, great clients about a year in, I'm like, I'm kind of bored. <laughs> Why am I bored? It's my own stuff. You know, there's nobody else to blame. It's not my boss making me do something. You know, what is it about it that's, that's bothering me? I'm still doing public speaking. And what I realized is when I have audience members that really want to dig into the content, they even disagree with me. You can tell them trying to figure it out and how to assimilate the skill sets into what their everyday behavior is. I love that. I'm fired up all day. When I have an audience that politely listens, and maybe they're taking notes, so they still like the content, but they're not really digging into it, that's not fun for me. So I would never make a great lecturer professor type. Mm -hmm. I always have to have the interaction. And so it was that epiphany that I said, ah, it's the context. It's still the same skill set, but it's the context. Now in this virtual world right now, this has been a struggle for me because teaching virtually, while technology can enable a lot of interactivity, people tend to politely listen. And so I've been then thinking about, you know, how can I restructure what I'm, experiences I'm creating through my workshops so that the interactivity can happen not only for them, but also for me. You know, so it's, it's having that kind of clarity, not only about your, skill, uh, your skills or strengths, but also in what context that you're using them that happens to matter a lot. Now you're coming back full circle to that self-awareness you mentioned at the very beginning of this thing. Right. <laughs> so what have you done to create that, that back and forth that you desire um, since we've had to go a lot of more remote work? Yeah. Um, well, you know, Zoom, WebEx, all of those are ubiquitous. I've probably seen more people than I ever had before. We used to just talk to each other on the phone, you know, and I was like, oh, we'll do a Zoom call or what have you. But in the training environment, I've just leveraged the technology by using polling and breakout rooms and just creating and designing a different instruction experience uh, that enables it to use it. Now, you also have to be comfortable that the technology doesn't always work. Mm -hmm. Even though we've been using it for 10, 12 months, all of a sudden they have an upgrade or a change to their system. What worked last week suddenly doesn't work this week. So you have to have some patience and understand the world doesn't end if the thing doesn't happen to work correctly. And thankfully people have grace and patience for trying to live through that. Or the cat or the dog right. or the kid that or comes the running by. I know. It's funny now how all of that is acceptable behavior. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> remember that one video was a fellow, he was doing a BBC interview and he was in Korea and his kids I don't know if you saw it, his kids kind of busted into the room and they were adorable. One had these really adorable glasses and it was all over social media. This was several years ago now about what a faux pas that kind of thing was. Now we all love it. Yeah, you know, right? We get to know each other in a way that we didn't before, which is kind of fun. That is very true and it happens all the time now. Yeah. yeah, that's a fun thing. So Joy Cheever Journey, where can we find it? If I wanted to buy one, which... 
I've already bought one, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but if somebody else wanted to buy one, where would they find it? Yeah, so the book is for sale on all the typical retail sites, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. Um, I also have a website, joychiever.com, so folks can go to the website and learn more about you know, the concepts. On the website, there's also a resources page that has a number of kind of one-pagers from the book that gives the salient points and some of the exercises and things to do. Uh, folks can also find me on social media, you know, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and Instagram under the Joy Cheever handle. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Well, I appreciate you being with me today. Thank I you. I appreciate all the advice you've given me previous to this uh, setup or interview or situation or time together. And also because in a Zoom meeting, I wouldn't be, I would have pajamas on from here down and, and <laughs> you forced me to put on a suit today. So <laughs> thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your journey with me, your Joy Achiever journey. It's, it's a real pleasure to not just talk with you, but to be a friend. Thank you. Thank you for letting me share it with you and, and your audience too. Absolutely. Cheers, Tracy.